what took you from being the typical Australian teenager who is drinking tradey vibes to going, you know what, I'm going to draw a line in the sand here and I'm going to stop drinking. pressing play on today's podcast episode. I have Brendan joining me and we're going to be chatting about his experience in, I was going to say being sober, but I don't actually know whether being sober is the right terminology if you haven't had a drinking problem to begin with, but I imagine it is because sobriety just means like, what's I was going to say, restraining, <laughs> like just not engaging in a certain behavior doesn't it yeah like uh, yeah like um potentially we'll, should have googled it before we'll, we press play <laughs> like, we were chatting uh before it like i never had a problem or an issue with it so i guess like not drinking is sober if someone says to you oh let's go get a beer i've never heard you say oh i'm sober no I'm because like, i oh, guess sorry i don't drink like saying oh i'm sober there is an implication that you've had a problem in the past yeah i don't know how you'd word it like until you brought that up just before like i wouldn't know like i've always just gotten in a habit of like no sorry i don't drink but i'll have a cake zero with you like yeah just quickly a word from today's sponsors unless of course you're one of our venti members in that case there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So perhaps if we rewind... What are some of your earliest memories of alcohol in terms of your childhood? Because when I think about alcohol and my childhood, like my parents were always very social with drinking. They would have friends over for dinner. It was very common for my parents to have a drink, but it was never a problem like no. in our household. See, I, I didn't really – I just thought it was something that sort of grown-ups – did when they hung out like I still remember um sort of having like little sips of mum's best friend's husband's maybe and I'm like that's gross like yuck and then mum always sort of saying like oh you know like you'll never like that stuff and I'm like you know I've never been like a big fan of beer anyway but like it tastes like crap like but in terms of like the other things that I picked up on later on with my mum like I didn't really think much of alcohol for so long like until I was sort of like 10 or 11 but yeah I wasn't really around it a lot because it sounds like your parents yeah would they entertain a fair bit yes my parents were definitely loved to entertain maybe loved to entertain is a stretch 
but they were always very social and we'd always go camping with other groups of families and it was just the done thing. Like the adults would sit around and have a drink. They'd have a drink over dinner, all of that sort of stuff, Christmas morning, champagne with Christmas breakfast, that kind of thing. And like you, I can remember being young and being allowed like a sip of the champagne to try it and thinking it was the most putrid thing and not understanding why adults were enjoying it. But we're cool for doing it. Like, yeah, I had a sip of a beer. As you got a bit older, like in your teenage years, what was your, I guess, experience with drinking as you got that little bit older and also in terms of just like your mum with her drinking? Yeah. Um, Yeah, it wasn't until I was sort of 10 or 11 and I used to sort of say to um, my nan, because I lived with my nan and mum, and I'd sort of say to her like a... I don't really understand like why mum sleeps a lot or she sort of stumbles a fair bit and at that age I sort of didn't realise like sort of what alcohol did to you and how it affected the body and the brain and it wasn't until I sort of started getting older and watching more movies and understanding and then I sort of spoke to my nan about it and nan said that sort of mum drank a little bit. So that sort of made a little bit more sense of why mum was mum sometimes. And But in terms of me drinking and stuff like that, I probably would have started around 15 or 16 when we go to like house parties and stuff like that and we were sort of kids. And when I started my apprenticeship, it was a, we all under underage drank and stuff like that and we'd head up the pub on a Friday Arvo and us apprentices would just hang out and sort of drink together as like a, a social bond. So around the age of like 10 or 11 you started to realise there was a connection between your mum drinking and her being clumsy, yeah. maybe a bit erratic, those sorts of things yeah. and started to connect the dots. But did like do you remember around that age thinking – oh, there's something wrong with that? Or was it more just a case of, oh, that's just normal? Like you just said, it was just mum being mum. Yeah, I didn't. I couldn't connect the dots of, like, A, it was a problem, or B, that... That it wasn't common. Yeah, like I I didn't know anything about it or understood what was happening. I just... It made it more clear that mum would be clumsy and more tired and nappy when yeah because she she drink and she'd try and hide it from me so that's probably why growing up I didn't really see it overly as a social sort of thing because mum would hang out with her friends and stuff while I'd hang out with Nan and I guess too if like when her drinking became more of a problem from things you've shared with me, she would also drink alone. Yeah. So that, again, is not framing alcohol in that social kind of Australian way that we're all raised to be like, oh, you get your friends together and you have a drink. Yeah. It obviously became more of a After coping mechanism. Yeah. yeah. And then as you got older and you started to venture out to parties and those sorts of things, what do you remember about drinking at that age? Because... Like, I remember my mum and dad saying, like, once you're 16, we will buy you a four-pack of vodka cruises 
and that's what you can have and you can take that to the parties that you're going to but you're not to drink any more than that and even now I think if I had a full pack of cruises now gosh I wouldn't be able to feel any of my limbs (laughs) no I yeah I know a couple of times like I asked mum to help me get it to buy it for you yeah but half the time, like, I think I grew up so quick and at a young age, I sort of looked older. Like I either Had a beard had, at 12? Yeah, <laughs> seven. Um, I either had a fake ID or I'd just go in and give it a go. And, yeah, nine times out of ten, I'll, I don't think I ever got refused or not let in places. Yeah. Yeah, pubs and stuff like that. I just looked. And then I think being... In the area I lived and stuff like that, I think everyone's seeing everyone and knowing. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, he's a local. Like, I won't bother asking him for ID or anything like that. So Yeah, I'm not going to get in trouble for serving this kid. No. So, but, yeah. And then you continued to drink. And when you turned 18, going out, have the, having the standard kind of Australian 18-year-old experience of having big nights out, backing them up, those sorts of things. Massive nights out. What was your drink of choice? Um, probably Canadian Club. That's a whiskey, isn't it? Canadian Club whiskey? I think so, or a bourbon. I was a Canadian Club promotional girl. You would be. I should know this. <laughs> Do you remember the first time you ever got drunk? The first time I got drunk... No, I can't remember like the first time drunk, drunk, but also I have never been someone to drink to the point of being uncontrollably mortal. <laughs> mortal. Let's get mortal. <laughs> no, like I am someone who has always enjoyed like one or two drinks. I like the sensation, the little buzz that comes along with it, but I've never pushed myself further than that. Like I've never had blackout moments. I've only ever vomited once from alcohol and that was in Vanuatu and Rachel and Gora were there and Rachel and I just drank so much that I ended up throwing up into a bathtub. It was <sighs> awful. So the ho- once in my whole life have I been like physically vomiting sick from it. But I can't remember the first experience of being like, oh, I'm really loose, like obviously being 18 and going out and like dancing on bars and those mm. sorts of things and doing dangerous things that like it – I just can't believe some of the dangerous things that were really normal for us. Do you remember the first time you got really drunk? Yeah, house party. <clears throat> I think it was like a bottle of passion prop. Uh, prop. <laughs> You're drunk <down>. now. <laughs> um, passion passion pop. pop and a four pack of Woodstocks. Nice. Yeah. With I... my backpack. <laughs> I can you backpack. I remember passion pop being just so the thing. And also there was a type of wine that was really cheap called Calara Crush. And it was like soup. I think that's what it was called. It was like the most sickly sweet, like $6 a bottle situation. And that was what we would choose. Is it a brand called Yellow or something? There is a brand called Yellow. Of yeah, alcohol, but I, can't. I remember um, girls at that age sort of buying bottles of that. There's yellow and pink. Yeah. 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 So as you continued to get older, you would drink, you'd have your Canadian club, you're going out. What was kind of the point for you 
Well, actually, let me reverse. When you were 18 and you were going out and drinking, was your mum still drinking? Was she drinking heavily? Was that where things were bad? Um, I think I noticed more and more, obviously, as I got older, but, like, I knew she sort of had issues, like, when I was, yeah, around 11 or 12, but then it just, I knew around 18... earlier that like that was just something like I couldn't talk her out of it I couldn't change things it didn't matter what I said or do that was just what mum did so like I can't tell your mum what to do how did that impact you do you think like during those times I know we're jumping around a little bit but say you're 12 13 what does that feel like or how did it impact you to have a mum who is struggling with alcohol addiction and you're an only child heavy i felt very responsible and i felt i had to look after her but yeah i think going through what she went through um she definitely missed out on a lot of stuff but um i've heard other people talk about a similar topic well, the, the topic of like parents missing out, you know, and being the child that grows up and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm missing out on having the parent that's not involved in their life. Only then when they get older to realize it was the parent who was missing out more Yeah. because like you just said, she's missing mm, events way. that are important to you or those micro moments when you're looking towards your mum for reassurance or validation or connection, missing a lot of those. Yeah, definitely looking back now and um, realising, like, the struggles she would have gone through, but also, like, like it affected me a lot, not having her at big events and, like, um, like big-time things for me, like, my first, like, first grade soccer goal and stuff like that, like, but then I look back now as I'm older and I've grown a lot as a human, like, I know she's missed out more than me, like, it would have meant the world to me having her there, but, like, I know as I got older and she, yeah, she would have realised a lot, which is, yeah, sad for her. Yeah, sad for both of you. Mm. As you were a teenager and you were going out and drinking and your mum's drinking as well, did you have thoughts of alcohol is bad or were you more in the mindset of like the average teenager, like alcohol is fun? Fun? I thought it was just the norm, like everyone drank. like, And then I suppose like knowing that mum drank, I'm like, yeah, it's just a normal thing that we all do and... And then obviously as me and my mates got older, that's all we did like on the weekend. We never drank during the week. I think when it got to a Friday afternoon, like we'd go down the pub and catch up about the week and see what we're doing for the weekend. And then, yeah, guaranteed we'd usually drink and then do stuff during the weekend. Because at that point in time you were doing your carpentry apprenticeship. Yeah. So very much part of the culture of being a tradie is – 
knock off it's friday have a drink like so many tradies drink in their car yeah after work so many on the way home crack a beer i still remember i've been on sites and concreters have had beers in their eskies and they'll like finish like pouring slabs and stuff at 11 o'clock on a friday or a thursday and they've got vbs instead of smoker on lunch yeah right so you're getting that messaging at work you're getting the messaging at home yeah that's how you're connecting as well with friends. What sort of drinker were you? Like, as in when I say that, I mean, like, what sort of a drunk? Oh, I don't know. If, like, when I'm affected by alcohol, I just get a bit silly. I get a bit loud. My inhibitions go down. I think, like, my inner class clown just extends and gets bigger. Like, I get a hundred times. Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, big goose, big class clown, life of the party. Show off? No, not like, I wouldn't show off, but I'd do really dumb things. Like, if, yeah, someone didn't want to do something, like, I'd do it first and, You don't have a high regard for your own personal safety. No, not at all. That's a current, like, that's a consistent theme for you, isn't it? It's a thing, yeah. Like, I don't. No risk, no reward type of attitude. And you yeah. just don't think about your personal safety, no, do you? Like if it happens, it happens. Like I'll deal with it then. It's really cool being your partner. <laughs> says no one. <laughs> okay. So what was the turning point for you then? What took you from being the typical Australian teenager who is drinking tradey vibes to going, you know what, I'm going to draw a line in the sand here and I'm going to stop drinking? Well, even after mum died... I didn't look at drinking that bad. Like, it was just like, yeah, I don't even know if I looked at it like like alcoholism was a disease or anything like that. I just, I probably partied a little bit more after mum. So your mum passed away when you were 19? Yeah. Due to alcoholism yep. related? So organ failure. Yeah. So she collapsed at home. And then later passed in the hospital. But, like, even then, like, I just, it still hadn't kicked in that it was, like, drinking was a bad thing. Like, it wasn't. Well, especially if it's only ever been modelled for you that that's how you cope. Hmm. You know, like, if that's how your mum was coping with everything, it would make sense then when you're, like, in a hard place and, Losing your mum at 19 is awful. I mean, losing your mum at any time, but to think of a 19-year-old boy losing his mum when it's just you and your mum. Yeah. You and I have had so many conversations about it, but it would make sense then that you'd probably lean into that escapism. Yeah, well, I'd go out with my friends and forget about everything. Like, you just go out, have fun and be a menace and... (laughs) be a goose and then you just sort of forget about it and then you just go to work during the week and I suppose I just stayed busy I think I've always stayed busy to sort of block certain things out so what age was it and what was the impetus for actually stopping drinking for you personally um so I had my 21st and then that was big like that was mum Mum really wanted my 21st to be big and fun and she was going to plan it with me, but obviously she had passed, so I had a big 21st. And then it was probably like six months after that, I just thought, 
I'd have a bit of a break and do, I had a PT at the time, one of my mates, and I did it for a bit of a health kick and I stopped for, I think, like a year and a half. Did you have a goal in mind? Were you like, okay, I'm going to focus on my personal training sessions, I'm going to go and I'm going to do four weeks of not drinking? Like, was there a a mini goal to begin with or were you like, oh, I'll just take a break and see where it goes? It was just literally like an idea in the air of like, yeah, I'll just have a bit of a breather and see where it takes me. And it ended up being like a year and a half. I wanted to lose some weight and get fitter and like just improve. But yeah, and then... I wonder if in the back of your mind there, like subconsciously, you were starting to process alcohol as something that robbed you. Well, that's what I feel like that that happened the second time. So then I went back to drinking every now and then and like socializing with alcohol. Like I wasn't getting blind like I used to. But then I stopped drinking again for a health kick again. And that's what everyone would ask me. They're like, oh, so you're not drinking? Like, what for? Oh, just a health kick. You know, I just want to be a little bit healthier. And then it just got to the point where I didn't feel the the urge to drink again or it even got to the point where the smell of alcohol would make me sort of... Recoil a bit. Yeah. And then it wasn't until like a couple of years after I stopped that it actually kicked in and then I realised like there's definitely like a more of a a mum issue and I think like in like now I know like it's definitely something like I've never thought that I'd ever have that problem and I've never like if I wanted to stop something I can stop something like I've got that control but yeah I think in the back of my mind I saw what it did to my mum and yeah, it's just not something that interests me anymore. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So it's now been how many years? Um, 12 this month. And you have no desire at all to drink again, do you? No. Even in social situations, like there's nothing No, not at all. Um, I haven't had a drop and I can't see myself ever drinking again. Did you struggle at all with like the social lubrication side of things? Because I'm just thinking when I'm out and socializing, particularly when I was a bit younger, I did lean more on that sort of confidence for me. Like that I'd have a drink and it'd be like, cool, I can lower those inhibitions. I can be louder, be more confident, be a bit reckless, have fun. And I know now, like at 36, in social situations, I'm fine without drinking. But 10 years ago, I would have found it harder. Yeah. Did you struggle at all with any of that? Definitely. Like I had groups of friends that just dropped off like because that's how we interacted or that's the only thing that we sort of had the in connective common. connective tissue. Yeah, it's like, oh, we'll go out this weekend and we'll, yeah, do what we do. But 
Um, yeah, I think like now, like I'd much prefer to go out for dinner and sort of spend my night like that. But then I can still go out with friends, have a Coke Zero, but then I've got a limit and I'll tap out and I'll just smoke bomb. Like, I'll, obviously, I'll, I'll say goodbye to everyone and stuff like that, but then I'll get to a point where they're... Getting too rowdy. Yeah, they've hit their... We're going to amp it up, and then I'm like, well, I'm going to leave, so... And is that because you don't want to be around the reckless behaviour or because you feel awkward or you've just had your fill, like, in the past of that? Yeah, I think I've had my... In terms of fill, do you mean, like, that that time you've had with your friends. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I get to that and when I get to that, that's usually when they're sort of repeating things and we're having the same conversations and they're sort of venturing out for It's so true, isn't it? Different things and I'm just like, nah, I gotta go. (laughs) Because when you're in a group with people and everyone's drinking, you keep matching each other's energy. So they might be getting sloppy and repeating themselves, but you're doing the same thing. So whereas when you're on the Coke Zeros and they're getting further and further down that drinking path or the night's just getting a bit wild or a bit looser, it is hard to keep up the fake energy to match it. It's so, so much effort. Like, yeah, I'm just like okay, dude, like, you're starting to dribble now. Gotta go. I gotta go, like, or then, like, obviously, uh, a lot of my mates were single and stuff like that, and they were out meeting girls and stuff like that, and I was at that point where I didn't want to meet anyone, and I was just like, I'm going home, so. And usually I'd have MMA training or something around that, I'm like, no, I've got to train in the morning, I'm going for a run or a cycle, and, like, I'm out, so. Have you ever felt any... I was going to say shame, but I don't know if that's the right word. Like, do you ever feel an embarrassment when you're out and about with a group of adults and you are the one ordering a soft drink? Well, even when you and I are out for dinner and stuff <laughs> and like that. And I order a, what do I drink? Uh, oh, you uh, Sailor Jerry's and Coke Zero, and then I'll get a plain Coke Zero, but then they'll put the Coke Zero in front of you. With the straw and, and the then, Sailor Jerry's yeah, in front of you. I'm like, <laughs> Just swap it yeah, around. Yeah. But you don't feel any shame. Like if we're out at dinner with people, you'll happily just order your Pepsi Max or your Coke Zero and you don't think twice about it? No, not at all. And then I know at first, like I was very, I'd say sensitive about it because like obviously like, I don't know if it's just Australia or like an age bracket, but then like I feel like people make certain people feel bad for not drinking and wanting to drink. Well, it's definitely tied up in this toxic masculinity yeah. kind of culture of like, have a beer, what's wrong with you, your big skirt? Why aren't yeah. you having a drink with us? That type of thing. Well, like, Did you like my tradie? Yeah. Your big skirt? <laughs> really really pie, dropped into meat, it. <laughs> meat pie and smoker. Um, but it, I know for a fact, like being a tradie, meeting other trades, Fridays they'd have barbecue and beer after work on Fridays every now and then but like I still remember Has anyone got a Fanta? (laughs) Yeah Coke Zero like sugar-free Red Bull but yeah then then they're like oh Brendo mate you want a beer? I'm like nah sorry I don't drink oh what's wrong with you? 
Yeah. Be a girl. Yeah. Like how, do, how do we trust someone that doesn't drink? I'm like, oh, you had that recently. Yeah. Someone said that to you recently on yeah. a job. Hey, like, I've can't trust someone. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah, how are, we, how are we supposed to interact interact and trust someone that doesn't drink? I'm like, same way you would if I didn't drink. Like, And you're so deadpan in those situations. I can I only get, imagine the chills shit. that go off oh, yeah. their body when you're like, yeah, just look at them. And then like, a lot of those times I feel like the relationships change because obviously – I've taken it to heart and you know me like if someone says something to me that makes you feel rejected yeah or like offends me like I shoot razor blades through them with the looks that I give them and I'm just like yeah yeah it's also really inappropriate when people say those sorts of things and imply that you're less of a man or you're less of a human or you are going to damage the relationship that you have with them whether that's in a career sense or in a friendship sense, hinging on drinking. Like, mm. it's really offensive when it's like, oh, why can't, you know, we can't trust you if you don't have a drink with us. Yeah. Yeah, I it's can a, understand. It's a shit feeling, especially when I'm probably a lot better when I don't drink because I'm in my control and I'm not jumping off roofs and doing dumb stuff. Running around naked. But the good thing is, like, my, my handful of friends now – like they understand that I don't drink and they're more than happy to rather than invite me out on the big nights, which I'm not offended that I don't go out to. Um, yeah, like they're like, you want to go get a feed or you want to have brekkie somewhere and I'd much prefer to do that and interact with people rather than go out and try and listen to someone slurring at me or like we're having the same conversation or... It's not quality. No. You're also very discreet, I think, when it comes to this sort of thing. You know, I think there are some people who are like, I don't drink. And, you know, if they're in a similar situation to you, it's like, I'm 12 years sober. I haven't had a drink in 12 years. And they can get a bit preachy about it and be like, oh, you should try it. And I lost all this weight and I was less bloated and I felt better and da 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 Whereas you just, like, would never even bring it up unless someone directly says to you, why aren't you drinking? Yeah you very much keep a lid on it and keep it to yourself. Yeah, because I, I don't think it's something that I have to boast about or push on the people because I think everyone is an individual and they can live their lives the way they want. Like, don't get me wrong, like, I've had friends sort of say to me, like, don't know how you do it, I don't know how you go out, I don't know how you be social, like, how do you know when not to drink and stuff like that? And I said, no, I just do it. Like, I think it's just something that... I've been grateful and I think I've used all my life is just control. And I think because in my childhood, everything was so out of control. I like things that are in control now. So like my MMA training and my eating and stuff like that. So when they say to me like, oh, I'm going to try it. I'm never like, mate, it's the best thing you'll ever do, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, give it a go if it works, if it works. But like me, myself, like I definitely feel better for it. I feel healthier, you save so much more money, but yeah, give it a go, like, and like guaranteed, like two weeks after they'll break, but like, that's them, like, as long as they sort of give it a go, but I'm, I'd never be the one be like, oh, it's the best thing ever, like, I'm gonna go out and tell everyone, and you're like that in all areas of your life, though, in terms of you never like to tell anyone what to do, no. to the point where sometimes I'm like, Brendan, tell me what I should do in this situation. And you're like, sweetie, I'll never tell you what to do. Yeah, like, 
God damn it, Brandon. Just tell me what to Stop do. Just tell me what to do. I'm, like, I, I'm not, yeah. I think, yeah, I think, because, yeah, growing up and even with the drinking, like, you get judged. I get judged for my tattoos. I get drugs. Get drugs. Please don't. <laughs> um, judged for not drinking. Like, so I just like to see everyone just doing what they like to do with their lives rather than feeling like they have to do something. And yeah, I know as I'm getting older, I'm starting to realize it a lot more, but I feel like I've known it for a while, but not fully put it into action. And I know that you are very set on not drinking. You have no desire to start drinking again, but there will be times when you'll say to me, oh, I think it would have been fun for you and I to know each other when you were drinking, like, because if we go oh, out yeah, for dinner, I'll have fun. a drink, and yeah. all it takes is one drink, and I'm like, can't feel my arms. Yeah, and then two, and you're like, oh. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and there have been times where you're like, it actually probably would be fun to have a couple of drinks with you, like, in that context. Yeah. But it's never enough that it tempts you to break that streak, and I think that's because you've got that longevity behind you which is actually interesting because you and I have been talking about developing habits for ourselves. And I said to you, oh, tick it off, like tick your habit off. And part of that was like, oh, if you keep ticking it, then you'll get a whole line of ticks and you'll be more likely to keep going with it. Yeah. And similar with this like sobriety thing, right? Yeah. Because you've got so many years behind you now. It's like, well, why would I risk be, that for a couple of drinks? I look, I look at it a lot like that, and I am so competitive. No. And I think my biggest competitor is me. Yeah. And I'm always pushing myself against what I was like yesterday and what I can be. So I think I was even like a couple of years in, and I, I even said to, like, Reese, I said to him, like... Which is think, your friend. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think I could drink again. He's like, yeah, why? I said... Because, like, those last couple of years would be a waste. And I feel like I've just honed into, like, a competition with myself now, so... Well, you're very binary in your thinking in most things. It's all or nothing. Yeah, determined. So that w it works well for you in this instance. Yeah. But even, like, thinking... Like, um... Like, recently... Like, yeah, sort of going through like certain parts of my life and stuff like that, I've noticed that values and memories like are a big, big thing to me. And then I think back at like the amount of festivals I went to and got blind and reckless and I still remember a home bake and like bands that don't play anymore. And I don't ever remember the gigs. Like it was just like, yeah, so getting blind is in conflict with your top values, yeah. which are creating memories. And if you can't remember them, no, did they? Yeah. I'm like, I, like you said to me, like, oh, have you seen Hilltop Hoods? I'm like, yeah, but I don't remember. I'm like, see, now I think back and the amount of gigs that I've been to since we've been together and I've been sober. And I've remembered everything word for word. And you enjoy things so much more, what well, I do. I enjoy things so much more because I can put that in my memory bank and I can... Access it with some clarity. Yeah. Speaking of going to gigs, you went to one recently and there was a man that was drunk and he was kind of up in your space and really bothering you. Do you find that you do get triggered by people that are drunk or the smells of certain alcohols? Um, 
definitely like yeah I think like a drunk breath you can definitely pick that one but like I think they're fine I think they're just being drunk because I would have done that at some stage just try to have a DNM with someone and a chat and just talk about life but obviously like I've got like a bit of a, a limit and he sort of overstepped his limit and I was super nice about it which is really good and I said like listen mate like I've told you like a couple of times now like we don't know each other because you went to a gig on your own yeah I went to see Amity Affliction the other like last week in Brisbane and um yeah I was just standing literally in the doorway looking in and watching it and stuff like that and he came in and he's like oh you're so-and-so I'm like no I'm not he's like yeah yeah you are you you know him and like no I don't and then it got to a point where like I just had a, a yarn with him just to be nice and stuff and he's like yeah so like so-and-so I'm like mate like like sorry but like I said to you earlier like I think you think I'm someone else he's like oh, I'm really sorry mate like like, I don't want any trouble, like, and then he got all emotional, I'm like, mate, don't worry about it, just have a good night, he goes, really, I'm like, yeah, have a good night, and he sort of just went off and started chatting to someone, someone else. else, like. The thing with you, though, that I have come to learn is that when you are triggered or when something bothers you, you don't really let it out anyway, like, you're very contained, so if someone's up in your face and they're bothering you because they're breathing their alcohol breath all over you, you will just do exactly that. You'll be polite. You'll wish them well, send them on their way, even yeah. if it's bothering you. I think I just try, um, try to make sure that, yeah, I don't make anyone else uncomfortable, even though I'm super uncomfortable. Mm. Like, yeah, I sort of won't do it. But then, obviously, I've got my limits. Even in Cairns, when we were walking home from dinner that night and there was a guy who was clearly drunk, maybe on other substances in the street, trying to start a fight with you and people do try to start fights with you because you're big and i think people look at you and go he thinks he's tough yeah so let me you know let's pick the toughest guy in the room and take him down type of thing and we're walking back from dinner towards our hotel in Cairns, and this guy was like targeting you like wanted you to fight him and you just straight away effortlessly separated from the boys and i not because you wanted to be apart from us, but because you knew he was going for you. So you like kind of like ducked and wove through the crowd to get the focus, to keep the focus on you so that he wouldn't bother anyone else and kind of and told you guys took to the hard left to, and yeah, yeah exited. Yeah, but even, um, was it Sydney we flew to? And that lady was super rude to the boys. Oh, she was oh, such... Oh, you think you're so effing tough because you got tattoos. I forgot about that. You think you're big and tough, yeah. Like, I just told you to mind your own business politely. I was so nice. Like, I'm like, listen, like. You were nicer than I was. I was ready to, like, take a photo and blast her. I was just like, they're just being kids and they're just listening to their iPad. Like, if you're worried about their headphones, just put yours in. (laughs) Oh, buddy. Yeah, buddy. You think you're big and tough because you got all those tattoos. I'm not stupid. She was awful, wasn't she? We were just literally mining our own business and she popped off. They weren't even doing anything. They were just, yeah, that was, I forgot about that. But yeah, people do look at you and make an assumption 
based off how you look, which I think would be a whole other podcast episode talking about like how that is to move through the world with people making those assumptions about you and also kind of the inception story about why you began getting tattoos Mm. altogether. But for today's episode, because I could just waffle on for hours with you, what would be your words of wisdom if someone is sober curious and they want to try having a break from sobriety, from drinking, even though I know you don't like to like push your message on people. Straight edge. (laughs) (laughs) What would you recommend people do? Or you wouldn't? You're like, don't ask me. I don't know. Like there's pros and cons. Definitely. Like I think pros, like I definitely feel healthier save a lot more money because when I'd go out, like we'd have big nights and I don't even, I don't know if it was my size or not, but like I could drink like a fish, like it'd take me a lot to get tipsy or even drunk. But then there's also cons like certain friends, but then if you lose those friends, were they friends or were they just like a, a like yeah. a habit? But if you, I think if you're going to give it a go, just try it day by day. Just don't put any pressure on it just to see how you go and how you feel and if it's worth doing for you or not. But And if anyone listening has a drinking problem, how important is it for you as the child of someone who had a drinking problem that any parents right now listening who might identify with struggling with alcohol – how important is it, do you think, that they reach out to their GP and get some help and start looking at things a little more critically or, you know, putting some structures in place to support themselves? Like knowing what I know now, I think I would have liked to have helped mum a lot more, like as much as like I couldn't and I did ask and tried, but like, like as much as you're caught up in it like it does affect your kids and it does affect like that like kids grow up and they grow up quick and I think I look at time and memories like a huge value because you don't get time back we can get money back we can't get our health back but just like understand like those days yeah like I suppose the days that you waste drinking for what, like you could be spending it with the kids or like, yeah. So yeah, I think it does affect kids. It's definitely affected me. But yeah, you can't really turn back time and change it, but you can move forward and yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. For sitting with me and chatting about it all. All good. Appreciate it. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, don't forget to make sure you're following the podcast. You can leave a review as well. You can also slide into my DMs. There's no point sliding into your DMs at the moment because you're having a social media break, aren't you? Yes. But it's the devil. It's the devil. Yes. It's the devil. We've been having a lot of conversations about social media and how differently you're feeling about things since having a break from it. Hey. So much better. So much clearer. I think I've definitely changed. Yeah, I think I've definitely changed a person. And the opinions of people haven't really overly 
impacted you? No, but then the the opinions of me have, mm. and then me projecting out into this so-called social media space. People. Oh, know. we need to do an episode on this. Yeah. I feel like you and I could sit down and talk about screen time and social media yeah. and all of that because even since you've stopped using social media like over the last it's been what maybe a month and a half now two months by the time this episode goes live i've been really inspired by the changes i've seen in you and their little micro changes but perhaps we save that for another day yeah i think that would be a good chat all right again thank you for opening up and sharing your story with our listeners thank you so much for listening to today's podcast episode If you want more of the I Am podcast in your ears, make sure you become a podcast subscriber. It is really, really simple to do. All of the details are in the show notes. For the cost, actually less than the cost of a cup of coffee per month, you will receive access to exclusive podcast episodes. That's right. You'll get a bonus episode every single week that you will not hear anywhere else. And to be honest with you, I really am sharing a lot more over in those exclusive episodes. It feels like a really safe zone for me. So make sure you check out the subscription offers that we do have available for that exclusive content. And perhaps best of all, all of the episodes will be ad free. So if you feel good about supporting a female founded, female led business, check out the subscription offerings available and become a podcast supporter today. Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjalung Nation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.